Welcome to What the Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Chrissy Grody, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind the scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves. And of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of what does being fit mean to you? My guest today is the founder of an integrative health and wellness collaborative with providers of root cause-based care. Based on the principle of evidence-informed collaborative care of highly specialized providers, these providers, ranging from strength training, nutrition, physical therapy, massage therapy, and more, are critical thinkers who thrive in transforming the culture of their fields but believe in the power of a tribe. Let's drop an anchor with her today and please welcome Dr. Sarah Crawford of Anchor Wellness Center. Thank you. Welcome, welcome. Thanks. So excited to chat. Yeah. We have a lot to talk about. You just said before we started, you like to talk a lot. So I that's do. perfect. I do. You can make my job on a Monday night much easier. <laughs> Love to listen. So the, the doctor in front of your name is a doctor of physical therapy. Correct. Correct. How did you get into that and why? We're going to jump right in. Uh, well, I was an athlete growing up, and I swam. I swam. Did you? Yeah. Where? I swam at Central Catholic High School in okay. Canton, which is uh-huh. where I'm from. My natatorium was the C.T. Brannon okay. natatorium, where yeah. they hold states. Yeah. Um, and then I swam for my first year, my freshman year of college. Did you? I went to John Carroll University okay. for my first year. And then transferred to Miami where I did not swim there. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I grew up swimming um, five to 15, was a national swimmer by age 12 or 13. Yeah. But got burnt so out. you do like USA Swim? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. What, got, what were your events? Uh, 50 free, 50 back. Oh, sprinter. 100 back, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I was like the 200 and the 500. Oh, yeah. I still love swimming today. I do too, and I never do it. I get into like habits where I'll do it for little phases, where I'll swim for a while uh, consistently, and then I don't do it for like two years. If I got in a pool now and tried to swim, I bet I would be so winded after seven. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible. But it's crazy because it's it all comes right back. Like yeah. The, yeah. It, did you swim in the summers? Yes. Do you remember how cold it would be at like? 7 a.m. or oh, whatever. Oh, sure. I mean, also hour. in the winter inside, it was the pool yeah. oh, still the cold worst. when you're yeah. jumping at 6 a.m. And when you could see the steam coming off the uh-huh. water, like I can so vividly remember like my body just not wanting to go. Yes. And being like, you have to. And it's like, at least we had to swim like before school yes. and then after school Same. also, which mm-hmm. I, there aren't very many sports where you're no. practicing two times no, a week. No, it's insane. And you, I mean, you got to get up as a teenager uh-huh. at like 6 a.m. Where you're like in the pool by 6. You're in yeah. the pool by 6. You're probably up yeah, at before 5. Before school. Yeah. And to get in, you have to put a swimsuit on and a cap. No. And sometimes maybe your suit is damp from the night before because yes. you didn't hang it up like you were but supposed to. But that first to. moment of like when your body makes contact <gasps> with the water and you get this like oh, rush of adrenaline yeah. and you're like, I just have to go. I like to the swim. faster I go, the warmer yeah. I'll get. Um, so I, that said, I grew up 
pretty injured or with injuries. Oh. Um, also, I think my maybe fake injuries because I <laughs> was like just wanted out of swimming because I did it two a days at the age of eight or ten. No, right. Like it was hard to commit. It was one of those things where I went to school. Um, the the school I went to, not many of my friends from school from the swimming team went to. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't really mm-hmm. think any of them did. Yep. So I was really, I felt like an outsider at school because I'd have to leave right after school to get back to practice. Right. Or I couldn't do things after school because I had a 5 a.m. practice the next yep. day. Yep. Or I couldn't do anything on the weekends because I had meets. Had meets all day. So yeah. I got burnt out. Um, and so I think I faked a lot of injuries, truthfully. But I was in therapy. <laughs> yeah. I had I had an injury that I don't think ever went addressed because also you hear like swimming, like how are you yeah. getting injured? Injured, right yeah. there's no contact you you can't roll an ankle uh-huh. or whatever and and I think I had like a pretty serious groin injury oh, yeah. like a yeah probably a labrum or something it's like some overworked or, mm-hmm. or whatever it was that just I was never addressed and then as I got older I don't like there's the right side of my like hip is just like so much tighter Oh, yeah. Than the others, but there's also probably some other stuff going on there too. But I really think it was like an unaddressed injury that like, I I didn't even like know myself to recognize that as like, hey, this might be something you need to like get checked out. Yeah. Yeah. So we did- What were your injuries or your fake ones? Knees. My fake ones. That's true. (laughs) I know. I always, I always complain about knee pain, so I didn't have to do the long runs. Oh, you know, for- dry land? Dry land. Yeah. (laughs) Like my knees are hurting. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I, I had a- uh, an ankle injury from volleyball uh-huh. that I tore ligaments twice. Oh, gosh. And I would always go back to that when I like, we had, we had to like run the stairs yeah. and stuff over yeah. at the football stadium. And yeah. I'd be like, oh, it's my ankle, man. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> my Speaking of that football stadium, there's a hall of fame there at yeah. the Canton High School. Football hall of fame. Yeah. The yep. high school football coaches and football referees. My grandfather's in that hall of fame. Wow. I know. That's yeah. impressive. I've been there. Yep. Um, the only claim to fame Canton has, yeah. like what I like <laughs> hey, to say. Hey, that's a cool thing. <laughs> so yeah, I had all these, I mean, I, I did have real injuries, but I think I also faked a lot. Mm-hmm. I did end up playing volleyball as well. Um, and so, you know, on like at meets when you're just sitting there doing nothing, yes. we'd all massage each other. No, yeah. That's my favorite part. Yeah. It's literally why I did swimming was just to hang out with other yeah. people. And like, I only had to do you know, maybe 10 minutes of work. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But what a waste of time those be. I like tell my children, they're both super into swimming right now. And I'm like, mm. oof, I don't know. Like, I just don't. Well, you need to let me know when the event is going to go and I'll come exactly. and I'll watch that for the 30 seconds that you swim and then I'm going to go. Although I do credit swimming with like my work ethic A hundred percent. I say it all the time too. You have to have an incredible amount of self-motivation to yeah. swim because it's an independent sport inside of a team sport, like right. wrapped up in a team sport. Right. And there got to be a point where like I just refused to go. Uh, like my parents would drop me off and I would just sit in the locker room oh. and my coach would come in and talk to me and I'd just be like, I can't, I can't do I it. Don't like, I don't want to do I, it. I'm so over this. Which I really regret because I was a very good swimmer, mm. but like I, I just, I think the social piece of it just became very too challenging for me Mm. um but so I I totally massaging each other yes and so my teammates would always be like your hands are so strong like you're gonna be a physical therapist oh my gosh so between like that and then having been in PT and I thought it was pretty interesting and I had an aunt that was a physical therapist it was like "Well, well this is what I'll do a lot of influence yeah and I literally never considered anything else so you knew like going into college where did you go for undergrad so I went to Ohio State Ohio State for undergrad and Started off um, pre-physical therapy, but studied sociology uh-huh. and business, uh-huh. um, which Smart. I actually think 
also like in retrospect, it that choice was just to get something that allowed me the highest GPA. <laughs> well, know? smart, and you didn't know that you were smart. <laughs> <laughs> The business piece I always liked. I always wanted that. The sociology was like, oh, this so- social 101 was pretty easy. Let's stay on that track. Right, 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 um, right. Because PT school is competitive, uh, which is so interesting. Yeah, but, that makes sense. Um, so, but I do think that my studying of sociology in retrospect really enhanced my practice yeah. today. Uh, I tend to, to treat a lot of chronic pain. So understanding a lot of different motivating factors mm. um, in birth order or religion yeah. or sexual orientation, you name it. Like all of these It's things. good information to have when you are working with people. No question. So yeah, yeah went to Ohio State and then um, applied to PT schools all over the country, but I really wanted to go to Florida. So mm-hmm. I applied mostly to schools in Florida and got into... Do you just want to go because you wanted to get away from yeah. Ohio? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted yeah. a change of scenery. I wanted something warmer. Um, and so I ended up at the University of Miami in South Florida. Oh, wow. For my doctorate. That's fun. It was really fun. I love Miami <laughs> so much. I do too. I would still live there. I would love to have gone to school in Miami, mm-hmm. but also may not have survived. No. You know, it's weird. It's, it's, a, um, it's a pretty clicky town. Interesting. Um, I wouldn't assume that initially because of just like Florida being this like transplant mm-hmm. state in my mind. Kind of a melting pot. Yeah. 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 I was very fortunate that one of my friends who I interestingly met, I, I moved to Tampa, Florida the summer before I got into PT school mm-hmm. to try and uh, work as a physical therapy aide yeah. and meet some local PTs because I figured a letter of recommendation from somebody local might yeah. be more valuable than some random PT in Ohio. And I met this girl who went to Florida State sort of peripherally. Like I covered for her when she was off. So we never actually met in real life. But then we both got into school at UM for PT school. And so we uh-huh. became like instant friends. But she had friends from FSU that lived in Miami. Yeah. So we uh, like immediately had this little group of friends outside of PT school which was just such a blessing because it was such a nice distraction and they were locals. So we had like a little in with some local people. That's great. So it was fun. It's a really cool city. It's very eclectic. Uh, The food's amazing. The scenes are amazing. Interestingly, like most people leave, like locals leave on the weekends. So a lot of them don't stay because a lot of tourists come in on the weekends. So they'll go to the Keys. They'll go to Bimini. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. uh, Or they'll go up north. Yeah. Um, But it was fun. It was awesome. And it just happened to be a top 10 PT school. So how many years are you in school for PT? Three. Three. And then what comes after that? You got to do some clinical. So your clinicals are built into it. Okay. Uh Physical therapy is trying to go the direction of medicine where you come out a generalist and then you go into a residency and then a fellowship. Okay. That's not really taken off yet because um, our profession is weird. It's, it's historically been mostly women. Right. And it's usually women who have children. And so it's often uh, really populated by working moms who uh-huh. want to work between you know, 8.30 and 4.30. Yeah, type okay, thing. okay, 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 got um, it. And so our profession is trying to grow from an autonomy standpoint, which was the point of the doctorate, uh-huh. but uh, hasn't demanded our independence as it relates to insurance. Oh. So insurance reimbursements are really poor. So physical therapists, um, you know, kind of have a cap, like, salary. 
in a traditional world. So when you go and do this residency or fellowship, you're, you're losing income and you're never going to make more money. Because as a physical therapist, the, the company that you work for gets paid the same if it's a brand new physical therapist or, or somebody experience. with 20 years wow. with a bunch of credentials. Got it. So, our so is that an incentive then to really... No, yeah. other than just learning, which some people will do. Yeah. But um, it's... Yeah, there's, there's not... I think it's a little irresponsible, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because I think the just the time value of money, uh-huh. and especially with the cost of a PT education. Um, yeah. I'm getting off topic, but no, yeah, no, no, it's, it's really um, interesting. Yeah, it's it's kind of why you see mediocre PTs. Yeah. You have to be somebody who's really self driven to want to go out and learn and do something new and different. Yeah. Um, because there's not an incentive to do it financially yeah. by an employer or otherwise. Wow, interesting. So went to PT school, graduated, uh-huh. um, tried to stay in Florida. But again, the the medical system there is weird because you got to have mo- a really high Medicare density. Yes, right. Okay, um, of course. And so there... <sighs> There just weren't a lot of jobs. And many of the jobs that I was offered, I would have been the sole practitioner as a brand new grad. So I wasn't, I knew I wasn't, that's like your prime learning years. Right, right, right. Um, And so I came back to Cincinnati for my last two internships Mm -hmm. and heard of a clinic in Evendale that several of the people that I was working with at the hospital were like, you got to go meet this guy that owns this clinic. I think you'd really like it. Um, and I did, and I did really like it. And it had a really great staff with about nine senior PTs, uh, many of whom had been there for several years, which yeah. is always a good sign. Yeah. So I took that job, told the guy, look, I will, I'll give you two years, but I'm not staying in Cincinnati. Like I'm going back South, yep. but I'll stay here. And my plan was to just like, stay here, live at my parents' house, yep. like bank every dollar I yep. made yep. And then move back, like sure. try and pay off as much of my student debt in two years. Uh-huh. I lasted three months yeah, uh-huh. at my parents' house, uh-huh. moved I out. Say, I love these idea of the plans. <laughs> no, that. no that, never, that never worked. <laughs> moved out, uh, worked there a year and was getting bored. And he offered me um, kind of a management role. And when and you were just seeing in general, anyone that could come in mm-hmm. for physical therapy, so a, yeah. a doctor could have said, hey, you yep. are recovering from a surgery and you need to go. Is that what most of it is? Um, so at that particular or clinic, injury? we were doing both orthopedic and neurologic rehab. So I was seeing people with stroke and okay, spinal cord injuries. Yes. Okay. And then, um, yeah, some post-surgical um, on the orthopedic side. And then lots of just like regular everyday injuries that somebody had pain and said, yep, I, I should see somebody for. Right. Okay. Um, and so I did that for a- another year. And at the end of year two, I was getting really, really bored. Mm-hmm. Um, Were you getting bored with just the monotony of like, okay, here's another. Yeah. Like I was pain. just showing up and treating and I was seeing a lot of people. Um, yeah. And I just kind of, I've always been the type of person that sort of once, like I always need something to work on, mm, you know, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. in high school, I was ready to be in college, college, yep. I was ready to be okay. in, you know, yeah, that yeah, type, yeah, yeah. um, total three on the Enneagram. Yeah. Like, okay. So, well, that's a whole separate conversation <laughs> that I would love to talk about. <laughs> I, I have a lot of frustration with the Enneagram. I Same. really like love it and want to be into it. And I think it, it, it's just very interesting to me, but I can't identify what I am. And so it's causing me a lot of oh, grief. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I, I so I think I'm a three, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I just need like true confirmation. I just need to like sit down with someone yeah. eventually and like yeah. have like a one-on-one session. Oh, you need to work with Whitney. I have heard so much about Whitney's Whitney. awesome. Yeah. I was pretty convinced I was an eight, but there were certain parts about being an eight that um, that I didn't align mm-hmm. myself with, but I was confident I was not a three. Because I'm so, not an image person, yeah. or so I thought. Yeah. And so after we worked through it, it's like, oh, yeah. I heard from someone, I, I don't know the validity, but it's usually the one that you like don't, don't want to be. Want to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, after year two, um, or going into, yeah, going into year three, I applied for a fellowship, uh, like we were just talking about, in manual therapy at the University of Illinois, Chicago. And what's manual therapy? So manual therapy is very similar to like what a chiropractor does. Okay. So I have been a certified orthopedic manual therapist since PT. I graduated. Shortly after I graduated, I was certified. So I had started that training while I was in PT school. Okay. So that's like hands-on, me moving joints, manipulating, manipulating. mobilizing if I need to. Yes. Um, I mostly mobilize. I do manipulations, mm-hmm. but not often. And so I really wanted to teach. Like right out of PT school, I really wanted to go into academia. I really wanted to do a, do a PhD. Mm. Um, but the more I looked into it, the more I, I just disliked the, the role of a tenured professor. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of research, which I don't enjoy. Yeah. It's a lot of grant writing, right. which I also don't enjoy. So I wanted to teach continuing education. So I wanted to go teach this Maitland manual, manual therapy that I had learned. And you need a fellowship. Mm. So I applied to this fellowship, got accepted. And I'm like, I told the guy that I was working for, like, okay, I'm going to go do this fellowship in Chicago. I'm leaving. See you later. And he was like, oh, shoot. Like, I, you were my exit strategy. Mm. Do you want to stay and help me run this business? Oh. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, this changes yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> so, Your three brain is like, well, no, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and honestly, Chicago sort of turns me off. Like... I, it's just, I'm not one of those people that's really wooed by it. Well, if you went to Florida for the weather, it makes yeah. sense then yeah. that Chicago might turn you off. Yeah. I, I love Chicago, except for the weather. Like, right. I can only be there between the months of, like, yeah, spring June or summer to October. Yeah. It's very small amount. Of yeah, exactly. Of time. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I feel like the city smells like urine to me. Like, oh but yeah, <laughs> I mean probably. So I mean, I was excited about it. I was single. Um, and I thought it was going to be cool because I was going to be teaching mm-hmm. and learning and treating, living in Chicago. Um, but the idea of taking over a business was more interesting to me. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So I turned down the fellowship and stayed and ran, helped run that practice, which was awesome. It was a really good learning experience. I was say, good um, learning experience. A really good sort of deep dive into management, which um, I'm still just now realizing how terrible I am at managing people. It is so difficult. It's, yes. It's so difficult. And some people people are are so good at it, and I'm not one of those people. Yeah. What do you struggle with? You know, it's funny. I have so much empathy in my treatment room. But not when it comes to work. It's not, it, I'm getting better at it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I'm, yeah. I'm constantly working on it, but I have such a hard, I can figure out what motivates somebody when I'm treating them, mm, figuring mm-hmm. out what motivates somebody I'm managing. Like it, there's just like this block where mm. I just think everybody thinks like me Yeah, and I have a really hard time taking that lens off. Um, that's my whole 2021 has been a year of, <laughs> of self-development yeah. to try and get better at that. But, um, but but that first job was a great amount of management. And I think, you know, I think in the roles, 
where I am number two, mm. I'm, I'm a little bit better at it, mm. mm-hmm. right? Because I'm not like the big dog. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yeah, I, I do find it sometimes helpful for me where I'm like, well, there's someone above me that gets yeah. the action, you know, maybe the final call. Right. And then like my VP is the type of leader that's like, no, you're going to yeah. make that call, yeah. which is great and good for development. But right. No, managing people is really tough. And I think it's just because, like you said, I mean, you're just working, of course, it's going to sound so silly, but just so many different individual people that have all kinds of things going on behind the scenes that you don't know if they're not choosing to share with you. That, you know, the predictability of the behavior can Mm -hmm. be hard. And then add in, okay, COVID and everyone's burnt out and everyone's mental health is frazzled and on the verge of collapse. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't understand why you can't work a full day. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> I don't understand why you can't right. do yeah. what I'm asking you yeah. to do. <laughs> right. It is, it, you know, it's, this is one of those things I've learned from Whitney this year and uh, Rachel DeRoche's is like, you know, people bring wounds to the table. Yeah. And, um, and that's, you know, I'm embarrassed that it's taken me this long. To, to figure that out. No, I really relate to that because I feel that I'm also very empathetic when it comes to my relationships mm-hmm. and, and, and just kind of, you know, meeting people where they are. But then I get into a work mode and this might be a three thing where I'm yeah. like, no, like just get j- shit done. Just get shit done. <laughs> if you have to be working around the clock, you, you are. And right. like, I'm not prioritizing my mental health for this job. Why are you? Right. Which is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there's... um. Yeah, I mean, I and I and you know, I bring my own wounds to oh, it. Oh yeah, right? of course. So, uh, so that job, that first job was great. I I quickly realized though that I was going to be in a uh, a rat wheel mm. for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't seem like when we solved one problem that like took one off the list. It just felt like another, another one, one. kind of yeah. yeah. So, and I was just getting tired of of insurance. I was seeing um, five. Or, Five or so patients an hour. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a lot. Oh my gosh! And part gosh. of that was just because of my skills that I had uh, developed at, by that time. You could because move quickly, yeah, because of my manual therapy training, mm-hmm. I could come in and and sort of mobilize or manipulate somebody, or I could dry needle somebody, and then give them an exercise to do, and mm-hmm. then you know, I and I could so send them on part the of it. Yeah, yeah. So part of it was that, but. Um, I was also treating the spinal cord, people with spinal cord injuries and stroke. And that can get, uh, it's the most rewarding form of therapy, but it can also get a little monotonous in the outpatient world. Got it. Because you're looking for like the most microscopic changes. Oh, got it. Um, And I was just constantly arguing with insurance companies about why somebody who was paraplegic needed ongoing therapy. And it's like, isn't that self-explanatory? Like yeah. just blanket statement for life. Right. Um, oh, so I was just, I was getting the really... The admin, like red tape kind yes. of stuff. Yeah. And, and then just the documentation. So to see that many people a day and the amount of documentation, because you're document for insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, um, oh, I don't know, 10 years ago, right when I started, I had this great idea of basically a salon lofts for health and wellness providers. Yes. Um, and I had written up the business plan and I actually was going to bring it to the central business district because uh-huh. there wasn't a PT downtown. Mm. And I looked in the Gwen building and I had a lease drawn up and then I got offered that partnership and I had applied yeah. for the fellowship. So I kind of put it on the back burner. Um, but I was 
28 at the time wow. and a little nervous about doing that. That's young. Yeah. <laughs> and so there was a practice, a guy who had worked for um, the clinic where I started, who had been out on his own uh, in High Park. And I ran into him at the Heart Mini Expo. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm like, hey, how's it going? Really just kind of picking his brain about what cash-based PT was like yeah. in Cincinnati. And cash-based meaning they cash-based meaning you don't run it through an insurance. Correct. They come yep. to you and they pay you directly pay fee for, for service. the service. Yep. Yep. Got um, it. And so when I talked with him, like mind you, I had I we knew of each other but had never met. Uh-huh. Um, he was like, Yeah, I'm just really looking for somebody to help me help me grow this business, help build this business. And I thought, hmm, okay. Um, and I my husband who was my boyfriend at the time mm-hmm. he's like you don't want a partner like you've just got done doing this you saw what this was like do you really want to do that but I was scared yeah and I'm like I can fair. do this this will be fine plus mm-hmm. it'll be good to have two people uh-huh and you're like I can see that this this side of things which is going to be new yeah not yet. yeah okay. um and that was awesome I had a really you know I was very fortunate that um my practice took off very quickly mm. there um at Beyond Exercise and where, how do you, uh, what do you credit that to? Um, well, you know, Cincinnati is such a small darn town. Right. And Word I'm born and raised here. Okay, and, okay, okay. That's um, helpful, yeah. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I think just... If you provide a good service, people are going to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, my aunt is a physical therapist and owns a therapy company, and she was uh, a great asset of mine. Yeah. Um, so I, I went to Beyond Exercise uh, with Eric Oliver, and we had a blast. Mm-hmm. We we did some really cool stuff over a five year period, wow, yeah. um, and really took off. I you know we I went there with the opportunity with the intention to partner, um, but just kind of saw where my my personal life was going. I mm-hmm. knew I was going to get engaged and married and start a family. Yeah, yeah. And I thought you know I'll just help for as long as I can. Yeah. So I stayed on as like a business consultant mm-hmm. um, role with him for five years, and we built that practice up. Um, and it was great. We have a really, he has a great team over there. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome. Um, some good things, some bad things happened, sure. but like, all, like anything else. Yeah. 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 It was awesome. I, I have nothing but positive things to say about that practice, but I had that plan, that salon lofts plan. Yeah. And, and really it's like that, that salon lofts, right. Is you, you provide a space mm-hmm. or a, a collaborative, I mm-hmm. guess people can come in whatever service they're offering. Right. And kind of get, be a one-stop shop for people to say, okay, yes, I want to use this person or yep. I might need help with this. So, yeah. yeah. So, you know, finally just kind of perfect timing. It was kind of weird. There were like three or four signs that all sort of happened. Mm. And it was like, all right, this is it. You got to go. Um, and it was just, you know, jump with two feet. And so Did the, you have a lot of back and forth to get there? No, no, no. You, it was literally you, like you were very these clear. signs happened and it was like, okay. And then 30 days later I opened Anchor. Wow. <laughs> Which is You really insane. jumped in. Yeah. This is like why I love painting rooms. I'm like such an instant gratification person. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I, I, I just got my eyebrows microbladed uh-huh. a week ago and I had no idea what it was. Like I had, I had no idea what it cost, no idea what it was. Uh-huh. I just saw other people's yeah. that looked good and I'm like, I want that. Uh-huh. So this is just typical me, like yep. calculated risks, I yep, guess. Yep, yep, um, Well, then how do you feel then? You kind of have to like wait a little bit, right? Like yes, that first initial yes. time you're like, these are not what I no. want. No, that's where I am at this moment. <laughs> I'm like, please don't look too close. They will come, it will come. But, but it's yeah, the same patient. thing in business, right? I mean, uh, and this is part of the work that I've done with Whitney and, mm-hmm. and why I worked through the Enneagram. I have my own uh, qualms with the Enneagram and all personality 
sure. profiles. I think they're all circumstantial. Yeah. I think if I would have taken, you know, if I would have sat and done coaching with her, typing with her five years ago, 10 it years ago, different. totally different. Wow. And I feel the same thing about the disc. I feel the same. Because you learn, right? So right, like you're, I mean, you're, you're... Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, true. <laughs> Some um, people, maybe not. But. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I kind of just did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't fully execute the model initially just because of space requirements. And then, Did you have people lined up from other yeah, fields yeah. that you wanted mm-hmm. to pull in? Yeah. So we started immediately with um, a health coach, uh, some Pilates instructors, mm-hmm. Um, physical therapist and a dietitian. Mm, okay, but it wasn't like the the true um, model because mm. of the space that we were in. It just didn't allow for me to really execute it. So the model is now executed as as it should be, which mm. is um, you know this all inclusive sublease of space for anybody that's not a physical therapist or a Pilates instructor. Got it. Where did the Pilates interest come oh, from? Oh, you guys are actually all- my neuro population. So as I was working with um, the individuals with spinal cord injury, I was doing a lot of Pilates-based exercises. Okay. Um, and in, in PT school, Pilates is weird. There's like one certifying body that nobody has the credential, which is called the Pilates Method Alliance, PMA. Oh, okay. Very few people have it because it's like you have to prove your training. You have to prove all these hours of training. Um, and it's just one of these things that you basically like compile a portfolio and submit and they, oh, say, they like, yeah. say yes or no, but that's the like most universal credentialing across the, the world. Okay. After PMA, one of the widest known training programs is called Polestar. Okay. And Polestar was founded by a U of M, uh, PT alum. Oh, wow. A guy okay. named Brent Anderson. And so we had Pilates rehab in PT school. Interesting. So I, I had like a quick little uh, dose of it in PT school and I liked it. We could have done the whole uh, training in yeah. PT school, but it was expensive and I was already poor. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I didn't do it and I regret not doing it. Um, but then I started using it a lot my first year with these with these neuro patients and it was awesome. I mean, Pilates is just so incredible. I, I, like the reformer, right? Like Joseph Pilates, he... he started it or kind of had this idea, right? Because people were in mm-hmm. hospital beds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It's, and then so a lot of people don't know that. Right. Yeah. To me, it's like the foundation really is in rehab. Rehab. Yep. And then you, we have also like, I don't know, adopted that apparatus to like make yeah. it into a workout yeah. or to prevent injury. Well, he and his wife are really big in the dance ballet world, yeah. um, which is where I think a lot of it came from. I think a lot of people no Pilates in the, uh, you know, from, right. from ballet. Lengthening. Yeah. And yeah. But it's the idea that you can get long, lean muscle somehow. Right. But it's <laughs> the most, to me, it's like the most foolproof machine there is. Like you can't really cheat on it. Yeah. And um, there's not a human I can think of that's not appropriate for Pilates. Yeah. That, I, uh, that's great. Not a single one. Yeah. I, you know, I had that woman come in not too long ago. Um, that it was just convinced or had just had surgery or convinced she needed surgery. And she's like, I just don't think it's going to work for me. And I'm like, just come in. Like, just let's put you on there. Let's like, just, we can start super basic. Mm -hmm. Um, And everybody's very intimidated by the machine. Totally. It is is intimidating. Yep. Um, Yep. That makes perfect sense. But she's been on it now for like months and she's like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like I can move so much better. I have no idea. I've like never... Every time I do Pilates, I walk away 
feeling like the most open mm-hmm. and mobile that I've ever felt. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. It's it. Pilates. <laughs> you guys teach classes there? Mm-hmm. I know you use it yeah. as like rehab, but you yep. also have a like group class. Yep. So we do private, it's like Pilates rehab, and then yeah. we have a small group. So we do, we have three reformers. Nice. Okay. Um, which is somebody who teaches. I've always said that I would never have more than like four. I, yeah, that makes sense. Teaching more than four looking. people is very hard. Yeah. Um, and even for me as trained, as a trained PT, like, and a lot of Pilates instructors don't have right. a, a exercise science background. Yep. Um, and it's hard. I mean, it's hard to watch somebody and correct every movement they have. And because of the sort of the speed at which you can move Mm -hmm. on the reformer, if you're using, you know, bad form, Mm -hmm. you really can't get hurt. Right. I had a a woman in today in my class today who, um, has trained somewhere else in in that place. They're, they're constantly teaching something the opposite of how I teach it. Oh, and I kept having to correct her and she's like, darn it. I thought I had it. And I'm yeah. like, it's fine. It's okay. Don't worry. Like at, people just teach differently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've always said if I could be, if I was going to be a fitness instructor, I'd want to be a Pilates instructor. But I also know that it's like so difficult and requires, well, like in my mind, like this is not one you can kind of half-ass no. or like put a little bit of effort into it, like yeah. it's a serious thing, yeah. which is why yeah. I'm not doing it. Well, and kind of you sort of become obsessed with it oh, once yeah. you start. I can because see. Because it never gets old. Like There's I, a million variations. So many different things you can yeah. do. We do, I think our, like what we teach is sort of contemporary, mm. um, where like Pilates, as it was founded by Joseph, um, science has just evolved. Yeah. So I'm not a, a huge lover of uh, like traditional is traditional like the 100 yes okay yeah 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes that's what I think of yeah. when I think of like traditional mm-hmm. Pilates yes yeah and it's a lot of um it's very ballet it's mm. very choreographed so okay. there's tra- transitions between every exercise yes okay. there's never like a rest yeah uh you should never fatigue a muscle group oh, in traditional Pilates got so it. um you know there's Eight reps, no more. Yes, yes, um, yes. Got it. I've def- definitely taken those classes yeah. before. So, yeah. um, you know, we do a little bit of a mixture. I think ours is probably a little bit more therapeutic than mm-hmm. a lot of other places. But I also would argue that everybody needs that too. Oh but my that's god, I, my like, I'm just hearing you talk about it, and I'm just like, <laughs> so like, there's a lot of conversation about class. pelvic floor in our classes. Yes, and love I'm it, sure love they're it, like so it. tired of me. Like, okay, we get it, we can do it, we understand. No, <laughs> or they just amazing. lie to me. That's what I my class this morning. I'm like, you're all lying to me, aren't you? And they're like, yes, move on. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we launched the the Anchor Wellness Center a year ago, August, um, in its full-fledged model, uh-huh. um, you know, which it's still taking time to develop. Sure. You know, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, um, right. Where not everybody is looking for space. Uh, I think that it's going to be, my gut is that there's going to be this like roaring thirties where like everybody just comes rushing back into in-person things. I mean, I also think that uh, I've been talking about this for a while that it seems that the, from the, the past year, like 2020, right? We can't really process trauma and what's happening like while we're in it. And so now, you know, a year and a half later, it's like finally collectively hitting us. Yeah. And I think we're going to see, if not a rush for like in person, just a rush to to improve Socialize. our wellness. Yeah. Like everything about it because we're just going to be forced. Yes. Because I think we're all just like, I'm at the end of my rope. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's true of those of us who are 
really aware of it. I yeah. think there's might take others a little bit longer I think, to get there. And I think that's where uh employers are going to have a responsibility. Yep. Um and uh, and it's going to probably come at a cost to oh, them yeah. where they're really going to have to prioritize culture mm-hmm. and having this um this respect for stress. I just mm-hmm. did this presentation on um uh chronic stress and pain for NKU last week. And you know, there's got to be there's got to be a hard line in the sand. Yeah. At some point yeah. for these people who don't, for the people like you and I who right. are hardworking and who will, you know, put our nose to the ground. Yep. But until, it's not our business. Yeah. Right. Until like, nine o'clock at night. Yeah. So there needs to be some, there needs to be some sort of boundary that employers put in place. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's where we stand. So we have, I'm trying to think, did I leave anything out? Yoga. Yeah, well, Okay, yeah, yeah. Yep, I was going to ask, run through yep, the providers. So yoga therapy, massage therapy, strength training, uh, health coaching, nutrition therapy, physical therapy. So for the like strength training, does mm-hmm. that look like one-on-one like personal training? So we have uh, both. So both. we do one-on-one um, and we do semi-privates. Uh-huh. Um, and then we have some group stuff. So we, we, have, um, we have both in our space mm-hmm. at 8044 the building that we're in. Um, we have a fitness center there that we have strength trainers. And then we also have, um, a training gym in our network. That's in Evendale. Uh huh. Great. Great. Um, and they have classes and small group. They have acro yoga. They have a lot. They've got all sorts of stuff out there. So effectively someone could come in and say, okay, I'm looking for just maybe a well-rounded approach. I know I'm going to need some strength training, Mm -hmm. but I want to balance it with the yoga or Pilates and I'm going to need help on what I should eat. Yeah. Like our my feeling, I should say, mine, <laughs> is that, and I think everybody else in my network feels the same way, but like most people kind of know what they need. Yeah. Right? So a lot of people are recognized, okay, I am dealing with this constant bloating. Mm. And they go to their doctor and they ask for a referral to an RD. Mm-hmm. Or they mm-hmm. ask for, you know, do I need to go to the GI doctor? And, mm-hmm. the, and the primary care is just like, yeah, sure. So with the Anchor Wellness Center, somebody can just walk in and start where they think they need to. Mm. And the nice thing is, is the majority of us do, you know, like quick phone consults if we need to before somebody schedules. And if, and if we don't think they're the, we're the right place for them to start, then we tell them. So the whole idea is to just make access to care more efficient. Yeah. Um, and just really cut out all of the, like, the bureaucratic red tape and, yeah. and the necessary the referrals because all that's for is insurance yeah I was gonna say I I saw that you were kind of you were looking to challenge the way health and wellness services are delivered yeah so what's happening it sounds like you're just getting to that like what needs challenged is yeah I mean it's this just uh maze Mm. in the traditional system and it's a passing of responsibility quite frankly where um and and I understand this you know I'm not I'm not trying to hate on on the physicians of the world especially the system-based physicians, it truly comes down to two different things. It comes down to a litigious community and insurance companies, Mm. in my opinion. Yeah, Um, Yeah. You know, but uh, I I think insurance companies are like the root of all evil. You (laughs) and a lot of other people that I've talked to as well. But that's what gets in the way of people being able to get access to the care they need. You know, if you are dealing with, you know, this is one of the chief complaints. You wake up, 
that we see. You know, you wake up and you've got that like pain at the top of your shoulder, yeah. the base of your neck. Yep, had it. And uh, come out of nowhere, what's going on? Next thing you know, it starts to kind of radiate down into your shoulder, down yep. into your hand. It's numbness and tingling. Okay, you probably have a herniated disc. Ooh. It's pretty stats, you know, standard, idiopathic. Okay, I have not had that, so never Good. mind. But. Okay, take you back. <laughs> yeah. So you come, you know, you go to your primary care doctor, and more than likely they send you home with a muscle relaxant and a pain oh, yeah. medicine. Nothing gets better. You go back a week later, and they say, well, try physical therapy. Well, now a week's gone by since the onset of pain. And some people in the in the pain science world will call chronic pain anything over 10 days. Mm. The more like tr- the more acceptable uh, range of time is more like three months, but nevertheless, you're going to do physical oh, therapy. Gosh. But usually, you have to have a prescription from. It used to be that you had to have a prescription from your doctor. Then the PTs, you maybe aren't getting better. Maybe the doc- the PT thinks that you're going to do better with an injection, which is sometimes super helpful. Mm-hmm. Not always necessary, but sometimes is. So then we have to refer you back. And then that primary care doctor has to refer you to a neurologist. And the neurologist has to see you and consult with you and then order an image. And then you have to wait for your insurance to approve it. So now it's been 30 days. Where you could have you're still in pain. You have no relief. Where you could have day one woken up, come straight to physical therapy, probably had some decompression, gotten some, uh, you know, other therapy. And we could have called the doctor and said, hey, this is what we think is going on. Do you mind ordering a steroid, Mm -hmm. an oral steroid? And the doctor would say, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, on your way. Wow. So it's just frustrating. You know, I, I helped evaluate a woman on Friday who for six years has been dealing with this like chronic butt pain. Oh. Has seen umpteen different providers. And every single one of them from ortho, ortho, neuro, neuro, back to a different ortho have just injected her. And all what of them. The, what are they injecting her with? Steroids usually. Steroids, okay. Um, And all of them are just going for the low hanging fruit. Right. They're like, we like just. Yeah. And so I was consulting with a physician with her, and it was the physician's appointment, and I was brought in to consult with him. And it was a pelvic floor nerve. Mm. And we went in with, I was there with the physician, and he went in and did a. what's called hydrodissection, which Mm -hmm. is when they inject kind of around the nerve to Mm -hmm. create volume and space Mm -hmm. so that inflammation sort of backs up off the nerve. Yeah. And she left without pain. Oh, my gosh. This is six years. In the meantime, she got a staph infection from one of her injections. She's had massive depression. Um, What else has happened? Oh, she got serotonin syndrome from the um, uh, psychotropic meds that she was prescribed to deal with the depression from the pain. I mean, it's been, and and so these are the types of cases that like frustrate the hell out of me, which is why I I wanted to create a private healthcare practice, yeah, basically to take health take health insurance out of it, and people can kind of take control of their own. Yeah, most people have a gut feeling. Yeah, and and our traditional healthcare system doesn't incentivize people to empower themselves. Mm -hmm. You can't. No, you're reprimanded. I mean, if you've ever been in a doctor's appointment and you've questioned them or questioned the system, there's some really great doctors out there that yeah. want to empower. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times they just don't have the time to sit and have the conversation with you. No. 
And so it's not their fault. It's just the system. Yeah. Uh, and so you're, you're literally left with five minutes of asking some of the most important questions. Right. Especially if you're dealing with pain, you know, yeah. it's different when I go in to an urgent care and I'm like, I have an, a sinus infection. Right. I need you to write me a exactly. prescription and be on my way. Do a quick little glance in the sure. nostrils. Okay. Let's yes. go to get out of yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. But when you this have something more, yes. you know, like one of the things that's really getting to me right now is like all this gut health stuff because it affects everything. Yeah. And, um, I think there are so few functional medicine doctors in this region that understand the relationship between the gut and the musculoskeletal system mm-hmm. and the integumentary system right. and the brain. It's like inflammation. And hormones. Like those yes. are the two things that I constantly find myself talking to patients about. And they're kind of like, why are you talking to me about this? And it's like, well, because if your estrogen's super high and your progesterone's really low, you're going to have the super high risk of ligamentous injury. And delayed healing. Wow. So let's get to the bottom of your hormones. And so I'll refer them for a panel. And the this primary, is kind of where that root-based, yeah. root-cause-based. This, and the, based, and the, yeah. the, the primary care doctor's like, why are we ordering this? And I'm like... But isn't that... It's just to me, it's like, from my very limited knowledge that I have just from talking to people, like everything is connected. Completely. And like this pain that I'm experiencing in my right hip is probably something with like my left shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. like my Well, and like we all I, have like areas of weakness. Right. And right. so um stress, yeah, overuse. I yeah. mean, we all have dominant side, non-dominant sides. Yeah. Um so But just the interconnected. It's so interconnected. It. Yeah. yeah. And all of the systems. I mean, you can't keep the cogwheels moving if one's stuck. Yeah. So, you know, you look at heart, liver, kidneys, lungs, you yeah. name it, um, you know, with the exception of the gallbladder, which apparently people don't need. Yeah. <laughs> I still have mine, The appendix. But, yeah, right. right. <laughs> and the tonsils, these random pieces that are going away. But yeah, uh, yeah I, and so that's where, uh, you know, the, our, our center brings in a lot of other people in, across the disciplines that think a lot like me. Because you can tap people on the shoulder too, of like, hey, yeah, see this going on. Yeah, she might need right. this. Mm-hmm. What do you have you seen? What's the what are the majority of people coming in to see you about? Is it for physical therapy? Me personally, or or just, or into, just into, into the, the clinic? And have you seen a shift at all, like since COVID? With, um, with people so in? what what we what the shift we have seen has been non traumatic uh, events. Mm-hmm. So whether that's uh, weight gain mm. that like our health coaches are seeing or, um, I can't tell you how many people I think I've talked to recently that have noted, like brought up something about like their COVID weight gain. Yeah. Yeah. Like new people that I meet that I wouldn't know them before. And they're mm-hmm. like, I've, I'm 15 pounds heavier. Yeah. I think, and, and it's weird because a lot of those people are like, but I'm still doing the same thing. Like I'm still doing my same exercise routine. I'm still oh, interesting. eating the same, you know, like maybe I, I binged for a little while, you know, uh, quote unquote binged, yeah. like joking binge. But, yeah, um, yeah, right. um, so I think we're seeing a lot of weight gain, a lot of sleep disturbances, uh, just sort Sleep of universally. Um, That'll come with weight gain too, though, right? Mm-hmm. That, that will disrupt. Yeah, to me, it's just that sign of cortisol overdrive. Yeah, uh, of just excess cortisol. Yeah. Um, but a lot of non-traumatic injuries. So people who are like, "Yeah, my neck just started hurting out of nowhere," yeah, um, or like "I've just started dealing with these headaches," and a lot of it is. Um, eh, eh, 
COVID, right? I mean, it, it's like, how long are we going to blame everything on COVID? But probably for a while. Uh, for a while. We just yeah. had a to- uh, one entire year of our lives like yeah. ripped off the train tracks as we knew it. But yeah, I mean, people are um, are working from home, which yeah. they never did before. University of Cincinnati did a pretty cool study last year, like mid-pandemic, and 75% of people reported sitting on a hard surface working from home, sitting on like a kitchen chair. Yeah. Which that is not... Like chairs are supposed to support you, just right. like your bed. Right. You know, like if you wake up in the morning and your body hurts, it's probably pretty indicative that you need a new bed. Yeah. Um, and, right. And a chair, so, you know, people are, 75% of people were sitting in a hard chair. People are sitting on average 12 hours a day where pre-2020 we were sitting on average nine. Wow. We're blinking 30% less a day. What? Then Why? we were staring at a screen too close in front of you. Oh, no shit. No need to. So eyes are, we're seeing a lot of visual disturbances. Oh, shit. That's one thing I'm <laughs> so worried about. What do I do? How do I fix it? Top of the hour, find something 20 feet away and stare at it for 20 seconds. Okay. Yeah. That seems, I can do that. Yeah. So you I'm need good. to just challenge different muscles of the eye. Okay. At the top of every hour for 20 seconds, seconds. I can just like stare out stare this window. Stare out that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I can do that. That's and something that's, I can do. You know, that's one of the big drivers of headaches because there's this relationship between the muscles of the eyes and the muscles of the neck. Mm. That, you know, when the brain says, okay, I'm going to look at something, uh, there's a reflex that coordinates where the head is to mm-hmm. keep the head vertical so that the eyes can be parallel to whatever yeah. you're to the horizon. Right. Um, and so when we're staring at these screens all day, those muscles on the back of the neck are just working overdrive. So we're seeing just like idiopathic headaches and people are like, nothing's changed, you know? I I can tell immediately. And and I have a standing desk. Mm -hmm. I I got a standing desk last year as I I was in so much pain from working, from just sitting down all the time. And I was like, this has got to end. Like I just, I need to do this. And I was really great about it for a while. I I would be up like half the time, down half the time. And then it just like kind of fell off. And now I know when I, I start to get, I have like a reoccurring tightness in this mm-hmm. part, shoulder. I know if like my like 12 hour days, I, I know immediately as soon as this like starts flaring up, I'm like, you're working too much. Like yeah. this is like immediately like you're working too much. Yeah. Posture changes in standing. That's that's the other thing is that people have moved to these standing oh, desks and they're not any better because oh, your geez. posture changes over eight minutes. So the most important thing okay, is good. to just have a great setup so that you're A, working from a desktop. Uh-huh. A lot of people are working from laptops. And like their laptops are literally in their laps. Yeah. And those are short-term like workstations. Um, so like a good desktop with a detachable keyboard and mouse, set up the right distance and height, uh-huh. um, you know, getting up and moving frequently, yeah. but a really good chair is yeah. the most important part. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm sure you've seen those like therapy ball chairs um, that look like the exercise ball, like the like therapy ball, ball yeah. that, that are like on this little stool, like really. So like people bought those in droves last year uh-huh. and the chair is supposed to support you. Like we aren't meant to sit unsupported for right. 12 hours a day. So right. like you got to scoot your butt to the back of the chair and sit into yep. it and rest yep. your arms on the armrest. So yep. a lot of people don't have chairs with armrest. Uh, okay, I get that. So anyway, we've, we've just been seeing this big uptick in uh, somewhat idiopathic, non-traumatic things, either from a GI standpoint, from um, clearly we know what the mental, a lot of the mental health triggers are. And mm-hmm. then a lot of weird like shoulder, neck, hip, pains Dude, that that's what aren't got. related to a workout or you know a golf outing or doing something in the this yard. This is just like over time. I don't even, I, it almost like crept up where I was like, when did this start? Yeah. yeah. 
but now it's all there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so it probably speaks to like the history of your, mm-hmm. of your disorder mm-hmm. and then add, you know, overuse to it just sure. from exercise and yep. life and then add stress on top of it. Yep. And there it is. Yeah. No wonder it's like an iron rod <laughs> going down the front of my leg from like my it's, hip to my And it sounds, quad. you're like, you know, it. Uh, people with that kind of injury are like, oh, it'll just get better. I, I had a lunch meeting today and this woman literally couldn't move. And she was like trying to pull something out of a drawer. And she's like, it'll just get better, like her back. And I was like, are you sure? Like it's been a couple weeks. Yeah. Like pain that doesn't go away within like seven days is something to get treated. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. That's also good to know. And she's just like, it'll be, it'll be fine. I'm like, it was myself and one of my other physical therapists. And we're like, okay. <laughs> like you can't go around curing the world. But, no. um, but anyway, yeah, it's interesting. So the, the, a lot of non-traumatic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. One of the questions I wanted to ask was like, what, based on, you know, the people that you see, people in your sphere when it comes to wellness, what do you think there's like one thing that we could be doing better as it relates to our own self-wellness? Paying attention. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just don't think it's that complicated. Asking for help when you need it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I just think we are so used to um, like momentum. Yeah. Of just doing things and just checking boxes yes. and just going through the, the motions. I I am doing some business coaching. Um, and this guy asked me, I met with him last week, and he's like, oh, do you have a busy weekend? And I'm like, no, I didn't. And he's like, oh, you didn't work any? And I'm like, no, I never work on the weekends. And I thought that I did that as like a... Um, um, like as a way to be with my kids, mm-hmm. but in reality, like a lot of times I'm like doing all my self-care stuff on the weekends. Yeah. Um, but I realized that I just don't have it in me. Like, I think I preach so much about, uh, like stress and you have to have that letdown. You have to. And my, for me, it really does take a weekend. Like it takes like a full two days. Oh my gosh. I, I don't think that's enough for me. Like I, I don't, I start yeah. a Monday where I'm like, I don't feel ready. I don't yeah. feel ready. I'm like still like digging in the reserve of like, you got to get through this. And like that mm-hmm. to me is what's becoming the really exhausting piece is just getting started over and over again. Like having that conversation with myself of like, there's a lot of things that you don't want to do and that are going to be really unpleasant Mm -hmm. and really uncomfortable. And you have to do that. Like that, just the act of like over and over doing things that I just don't really want to do. I know. And then it just adds up where I'm like, it it adds, you know, the more that I'm like telling myself compounds. Yeah. Compounds. Exactly. Thank you. And it's, they're activities like work that at one point I would find satisfying and I would want to do. And like, yes, of course, there's going to be difficult conversations that you have to have at work and there's going to be tough calls. But when it's relentless yeah, and I'm like, I don't get reprieve. Yeah. And that, I think that's for me, you know, going back to my type three um, and my, you know, constant need to achieve, I have gotten really comfortable with the letdown, like with the pause. Uh, and that's been the work I've done this year. Like yeah. of just letting the work you've done Monday through Friday take effect. Um, and that has helped me just from a mindset standpoint. Cause it used to be, if I took a weekend off, I just would be tallying up all the shit I had to do in the back of my head. So I never actually felt like I was away from it. Yeah. Um, right. whereas like, 
I've, I'm not perfect at it. And I, I wouldn't even give myself like a C, but like I'm on the, like the D plus train of like slowing my thoughts and just kind of being patient yeah. and letting things take their toll and letting things just letting the cookie crumble. Yeah. And I also allow myself to not do the things I don't want to do. Yeah. Um, like, on a given day. <laughs> no, I, I had that experience yesterday. So on, on Sunday and I knew Friday that I, I was kind of like cutting out a little bit early. I was going to go to happy hour with a friend and I was just by like that Friday afternoon, I was totally yeah. disengaged. I'm like, this yeah. is not productive for you to just literally power and grind through a couple more things on your to-do list. Like there's nothing that needs to be done right now. Yeah. I, I was like, you know, I'm going to have some time Saturday morning. These are kind of remedial tasks. I'll wake up. I'll cross some things off. I'll feel good. Mm -hmm. So I did that, but I didn't get to everything. And then because I was going out to do fun things on a Saturday. So I was like, okay, well, I'll have to do those on Sunday. Then Sunday came around and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do them. No. Because I would rather have one full day. Of not thinking about it. Of not, of just total leisure. Mm -hmm. And I will figure out a way. It will get done sometime in a Monday. Yeah. Like I can make it work. I know I can. Well, I put these like self I was just going to say yeah. that. Like I started to realize that I was putting my own like timeline. Yes. And a lot of the things that I have to do are like self-imposed. Right. And they're based off of how quickly I want to get something done no, or and accomplished. I'm like, and I'm like a... Same. Get it done, get it done. And done. so where I'm really trying to work is like enjoying the process and yeah. not just doing it. Yep. Um, and... And I think I was getting, I, I have this tendency of just like, I got to meet this person. I got to meet this person. I got to yeah. meet this person. I got to make this proposal. I got to do this. Da, da, da. And it's just this constant frenzy. And, you know, Rachel DeRochers is one of these people who I just want to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm, I don't know what it's like between her ears. Right. But like the, the, the vibe she gives off is just this soothing, yeah, totally. calm, relaxed. Yep. And, um, and I want that. Like, yeah. I, that's like really where, like, what, it, and especially as I, I have two young girls, mm. and part of my like desire to start anchor and to do what I'm doing when I'm doing it is to show them that they can do it mm-hmm. and that they can be strong and soft, yeah. and that they can, uh, you know, achieve and they can do, that's but they really don't have important. to grind and yeah. they don't have to piss people off on the way. And right. you know, there's ways to do it all. Yeah. So, you know, I think this has totally been a year of development for me, but. Yeah, that's great. I was just, I, I was, I was going to burn out yeah, and that's I, I, my personality. It, yeah. And so I had to like put us like a, a stop halt on, you can't do this. You're not going to build this business overnight. Yep. It's yep. just going to take time. Yeah. And some of it just has to be organic. Yeah. You can set all the meetings in the world. You can meet all the people in the world. But it also is just time. But sometimes it just takes time. It does. Um, and some things are better that way. Yeah. Yeah. So. I agree. But that's really against my personality. Like yeah. my personality is like, okay, just go and do it all. So, yep. uh, but that's that's been an, an interesting process that I've enjoyed sort of experiencing. Um, and all it means is that it's just going to be a maybe a slower grow, right? Or maybe not. Or maybe Who knows? Not. And that was that was what uh, somebody finally said to me. Like, what do you know to be true? You know, you don't. What you know to be true is that you're spending your weekends, you know, not with your kids, not having fun. You know, and and my problem is, is if I work at night or on the weekends, I can't stop. So I have this hard time like turning off. So when like somebody started asking me like, what, okay, so what are you scared of? 
well, if I don't meet this person, then I'm not going to get this opportunity and yada, 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 and somebody else, you know. And it's like, okay, first off, let's bring an abundance mindset to it. Mm-hmm. There's tons of opportunities all the time with whoever you want. Yep. Um, and B, anything that happens today or doesn't happen today doesn't mean it can't happen Right. Next year, next week, right. next month, you know, whenever it is. Yeah. So, and that my husband's been good at, at with helping me with that because he comes good. from like a sales background. Yeah, um, where he cold called for oh God, ten yeah. years sure. basically. I, I don't know what period of time. So, I I used to think, and I've gotten much better at this, that if I let up, if I let the gas up mm-hmm. a little bit, that I wouldn't, I would all of a sudden just turn into this lazy person that did nothing and couldn't move from the couch. Oh, and I've never been that way in my entire life. That's uh-huh. completely irrational. But like, okay, if you slow down, you won't ever be able to get going again. Yeah. Which is just not true. No, no. That's been the the work I've learned with Whitney is yeah. like lift the oars. Like yeah. sometimes just riding the stream is going to be a much faster route and than you going. Get back into it. You're anytime. not all of a sudden going to turn into no. a couch potato that's unmotivated no. and undisciplined. Yeah, when you've never been that way ever. Right. <laughs> but this is the type of thing where, as you know, trying to grow this business and what what Anchor does for all of these independent businesses is, aside from setting up the the infrastructure mm-hmm. around the operations of a business. Um, and the processes, but we also offer like strategy and support. Mm-hmm. And this That's is, nice. yeah, it, yeah, which is great. Like, really especially great. as somebody who has had this burning desire to go do something, uh-huh. but doesn't want to do it by themselves. Um, but this is the which work. It's really on. hard to do it by yourself. Super hard to yeah. do it by yourself and isolating. And I would and argue I, not great for the client. Yeah. And it's like, but there's a reason why companies exist with multiple people and teams like some things are just not meant to be done by one person and done alone and that's like the human body right you know this this lunch i had today with this orthodontist wanted to do everything about dry needling and uh dry needling is one of these things i get on a soapbox about um because it is not an end-all be-all it is a tool in the toolbox right 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 right. not meant for everybody it is never going to solve any one person's problems Mm -hmm single-handedly by itself. Yeah. Very rarely. Right. It's not the magic cure. No. Of like I might see somebody who with like an acute groin strain or hamstring strain or calf strain and I see them like the day of or the next day uh-huh. and I treat them one time with that and I never see them again. Yeah. But that is very rare. rare. Um, so he had this like chip on his shoulder about dry needling and I was trying to explain to him like just the differences in training. Right. This and, is like what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that said, like there's, a, as I was describing to him, like He's never going to be a solution for every patient that comes through his office. I'm never going to be a solution for every single person. Mm-hmm. That, there are plenty of people I have not helped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just the day of the week. Yeah. You know, maybe my brain wasn't working. Sure. Maybe I just didn't understand or maybe their body just didn't respond to mine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's and that's what's nice about having sort of this built-in team, but still being able to be independent. But learning that all of those little independent business owners don't think the same way as me right has been yeah. a bit of a doozy no that's great that's great you mentioned a couple a couple times about self care yeah what are some of your your go to must do self care rituals routines yeah yeah so i um strength train mm-hmm. I, I i really like to lift yep that is really kind of my stress reliever yeah um i I'm practicing mindfulness. Good for you. Um, which feels amazing when I do it. And journaling, which I've always said I hated journaling. 
um, and I'm terrible at doing it still, uh, meaning I infrequently. But Just, when yeah, I do it, it do I it. yeah, I really do enjoy it. Um, I know I'm the same way, and I've gone through periods where I've done it very consistently for uh-huh. a long time. Do you ever and, go back and read it? Yes, I do. I actually just had a. I think that's what I'm scared of. (laughs) It was it was insanely helpful and insightful. Actually, for the for the purpose that I was kind of going back for, it like it it totally affirmed some things for me and just really helped me kind of work through an emotional kind of murky time in my mind where Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't know if I can trust myself. And I, you know, read these past journal entries and I was like. Well, that's been there. Yeah, you know, like I, sh- I need to like remember that Believe intuition it. and trust, yeah. right? Yeah, that's interesting. so. Yeah, it, it has been helpful for me, but I've been off of it now for a couple years, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, you should do this. I know it's so, and I knew if I did it, right. I would be happy. Feel good. Right? Yeah. My um, my Million of things my, in my life biggest right now. <laughs> when I am really on top of my self care, I am awake. By 5 a.m. Oh, yeah. And I work out in the morning yep. and I come home and I've got time to like have a cup of coffee yeah. and make my kids breakfast and prep for dinner. Like that is my, Ooh, yeah. and, and the one thing that I've been working on. That is truly on, taking care of yourself. It tr- and it's You're awesome. You're setting yourself up for yeah, success. And, it's, and I feel so good and I have dinner made before I even leave or at least prep so I know we're coming home and oh, eating something so good. good. Yeah. Um, and then I've been trying to add in that little like mindfulness practice. I've been actually less successful doing it in the morning and more so on my drive to work. Mm, my drive yeah. to work is super short. Um, and so I've been like, I never listen to the radio. I'm like one of those weird people that like drives in silence. Yeah, that's very weird to me. <laughs> I get, I like cannot. I, I really don't know can't. why. If I'm, I'm with like a friend or someone and I'm like, can you put some tunes turns, on? Like what? Like what's I know. Going on? I'm a terrible um I don't stay on top of music. Like I'm, I'm totally reliant on other people to tell me what to listen to. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's fair. I, I'm, I have like recognized in myself. I will have like seven minutes in between a call. And where you I'm listen go- to something. I put something on. Like I like need something on. That's amazing. And I, I really feel like it's just. I, I I'd use it as like a dopamine. Do hit. you hear it? Do you hear the words? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, I think. Or I not have, even just music, but like yeah. it's a podcast yeah. or something. I need I, like a dopamine hit of like, okay, some, ugh, I'm yes. dragging this this day. I don't like this day. I'm going to, going from one thing I don't like to another uh-huh. thing I don't like. <laughs> Let me just get something pleasurable that I yeah. can like get, like it's like a hit. Yeah. I see. I think I have such, I have really poor auditory um like retention. Oh. Um, like I have, when I'm learning something, I have to have like all of my senses stimulated. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, and that's my thing. Like I could listen to the same song on repeat forever and tell you nothing about what it means. Wow. I know I'll sing the lyrics, but like, it's just words coming out of my mouth. Just memory. Wow. It's very strange. That is very strange. I know. I'm just, I don't know what it is about me. I was just talking about this the other day. Um, there's, you know, there's like sensory processing disorder in, children well and, and adults too but there's also now an auditory processing disorder and I'm like I you're think self-diagnosed I have that. yeah 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 I'm pretty confident so you're doing gratitude that. in the car yeah so I'm trying to do some at least practice of just mindfulness or gratitude of like I had a moment today putting on my socks where I was like I'm it just went through a quick like this I'm really grateful for these things yeah that's how I've been trying to do it of like just like not even a set time no. not putting anything no. around it but when it comes up and I feel it, I'm like, be present in that moment and yeah. like take it a little bit step, up step further and like feel what it feels like to like yes. actually experience gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. It's been helping I, me. It does. It is helpful to just 
do it on the whim. Yeah. And to not feel like a, because I think that's for a long time how I have felt. Like if I didn't sit and put conscious, Mm. um, isolated effort into something that I was failing at it. Mm. Uh, and, and where some of my work has been is actually to sit down and do that because I'm such a mover, um, Mm -hmm. that it is, it actually work for me to sit and and focus. Um, so I'm going to keep practicing that. And then the other weird thing that I would say I do for self-care, which has been somewhat recent is television. Oh yeah. Like, I for a long time I just was not into TV because like life is hard enough mm-hmm. and I don't want more drama. Yeah. But there's been something so like exhilarating to me to like just sit and watch Turn something. Turn the mind off. Yes. Totally. And I and I sound I feel like such like a couch potato saying that. Nope. But nope. it has been so good to just like distract my brain. I think yeah, we have no shame in that. No. It's so weird to me because this is new. Like I've not been a television probably since like Grey's first started. Mm, (laughs) When was that? Like 15 years ago? 20 years ago. It was like the last time I feel like I was like a regular television watcher. Um, And I'm still not a regular, like, you know, I stream I love to have a show. I struggle with it because I feel very lazy when I'm watching it. But it has been so great for my head. Are you watching anything? Oh, yes. What are you watching? I just binged that clickbait. What's that? Ugh. Clickbait, yes, that's called clickbait on on Netflix. Okay, um, I'm looking for something it's, else. I'm about uh, to with Adrian, um, Adrian Griner, Griner. It's kind of like a thriller, uh, murder mystery thriller. Okay, I'm into that. Um, kind of, if you remember how 24 was like an episode yeah. an hour. Yeah. This is like an episode a character. Okay, love so that. So they take you through each episode's a different character, and they love sort of it. take you down this path of a whodunit path. Great. And every episode, you're convinced it's one person. Sounds right up my alley. It's really good. And I just started Made last night. Made. Made on Netflix. That is about. Uh, I'm only one episode in, but this young woman who basically is, you know, walking away from an abusive sort of oh. low functioning life with her child, single parent, and, oh, wow. and trying to make herself, and so she starts working as maid. Yeah. Oh, maid. M A I D. Yeah. No, I'm 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 in search for something. I tried to start Squid Games Oof. or Squid. That seems too intense for me. Way too intense. Yeah. Plus, I feel like I would be scared living here. I, I, <laughs> I just was like, I don't think I maybe got like 30 minutes in and I like just stopped myself and I was like, what? I, I'm not enjoying this. No. Like just turn No, it sometimes they can be too much. Like if it causes me anxiety, it's too yeah, much. I yeah, I agree with that. I'm looking for a show and I'm on the verge of starting The Sopranos, like oh. HBO. Like, and that is a... That's Huge a commitment. commitment. Yeah, that's and I a big don't know commitment. if I'm ready, but I'm like a little bit ready. Mm, yeah, that is. So a big someone commitment. give me a show that I can. Yeah, clickbait. You can watch in two nights. <laughs> yeah. I don't have to start <laughs> The Sopranos no. and then no. be glued to my television until April. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a big. Yeah. that's a big commitment between trying to build a physical therapy practice, scaling it outside of my own, growing a Pilates studio, which I've never done in my life, yeah. building a one of a kind integrative healthcare collaborative, a being a mom things. of two children and a wife. Just and a sibling a and a, I'm like, you if know, I want to watch TV. I'm going to exactly, watch TV. Like, I think it's so I, like I just need a break. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been fun, but I've been catching myself like, why are you doing this more? So, and that's clearly why, yeah. <laughs> like just yeah. a nice distraction. No, there it is. Yeah. So Sarah, what does being fit mean to you? You know what? I think being fit means being content and being oh, comfortable. Gosh. You know, and I, I know that sounds, uh, 
You said the word content, and I was like, oh, what a far off dreamy place. Yeah, it does. To me right you now. know, I go through phases, and my whole life I've struggled with body image. My entire life. I, yeah. you know, if, if I had, you know, if I could be the size I was in middle school when I was in high school, looking back, I would have been in great shape if I could have been in high school when I was in, you know. So I, I, I've reached this place of, recognizing that we all have a capacity on any given minute, hour, day, week. And that changes. And that changes. Yeah. And you got to listen. Yeah. You got to, and your bar, your barometer, you've got to adjust. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, right now I'm in this little phase where I'm not doing what I want to do from a, from a fitness standpoint. Um, but I am doing things like being really present with my kids. Yeah. And I am listening to my body when, you know, I want to eat something. Mm-hmm. And I am enjoying, you know, the opportunities to move when they are super convenient. Yeah. Um, and so, and I'm trying to like embrace that and spread that message mm-hmm. um, because I think it's, the fitness industry has, has, has done a number on people. I think oh, we totally. have, we have idealized that you can go and kick your ass every single day and look a certain way, and um, and it's and always gonna you're always gonna feel the same way. And if you're not motivated or you're not getting after it, just like you were the day before, then it's a failure. Then you fail. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's really pathologic. Yeah, I think that the, the fitness industry has done a lot of harm. I think oh yeah, it's that was the hamster wheel I was on a lot for years. Of, it does a lot of good. You know, uh, I, I did my first CrossFit workout recently. Oh man! And a, a whole bunch of people are like, "You what? You hate CrossFit?" I'm like, "I don't hate CrossFit. I think CrossFit." Has done a lot of good for a lot of people. Sure, I think it's in undeniable. all of these places. Yeah, you know, you look around here at, at Orange Theory, CrossFit, uh, AKT. You know, yeah. you name them. You shred. You throw one out there. They all motivate somebody who wasn't exactly. motivated the day before, which is awesome. Like people, yeah. Um, but this idea that that is what you have to do to be fit is where I think you know we've potentially wreak some havoc. Yeah. You gotta um, find what works and, and, for you. You know, in that there part are of your like life. my job is pretty manual. Like mm-hmm. I'll I'll get home at the end of the day and have burned a ridiculous amount of calories just by working. Yeah. Um and so, you know, I think people need to learn to give themselves credit for the shit they are doing. Yeah. And not, really you important. know, shame for the things they aren't. Right. So yeah, I think be just being content, you know, obviously having goals for sure, but mm-hmm. not setting yourself up for disappointment and letting go of the weight that yeah. comes with shame and guilt yep. because that in and of itself, I think sets people Unhealthy. up to be a lot more fit. Oh yeah. No, totally. Sarah, thank you so much for coming thank on. You. This is great. I, we could talk and talk and talk. Yeah. I'll let I you really appreciate it. <laughs> I had to go to the grocery store. Oh, that's the worst it's at the, night. It's Ugh. the absolute no, worst. I'm an 8am like Monday morning or Saturday morning. Well, I, I back to this, right? Like I wanted this one day of leisure yeah. yesterday. <laughs> you and got so it. That, this is the trade-off. Well, that's okay. I was able to relax and yeah. enjoy myself and have yeah. an Aperol spritz outside, oh. knowing full well, okay, on a Monday night you're then, gonna go the you're going to have to go to the grocery. Oh, that's That's bummer. okay. I'll make it through. But <laughs> thank, thank you so much. Where can people follow? Where can people get more information about Anchor Wellness Center? Sure. So uh, Anchor Cincy with a Y dot com is our website. We're on Instagram uh, and Facebook, Anchor mm-hmm. Wellness Inc. on Facebook, um, and I think Anchor Wellness Inc. on, on Instagram too. Great, make it easy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think we're pretty searchable. 
Thank you so much, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, Share to your stories. Rate, review on iTunes. Tell your friends, your family. You know the drill. Thanks so much. Love you.